You screwed it up. <laughs> wrong finger. That happens to me all the time, you know. <laughs> just wrong finger. You just need to, yeah, you need to watch what Hit you do with your button. fingers, by <laughs> the way. The wrong button. Yeah. I was going to say something clever like, you got any. Well, we, if you wouldn't have called it out, we could have just blended it right in. Nobody probably would have even noticed known the difference. difference. Frank, people like it when we mess up, and that's what makes good uh, podcasts. Yeah, radio that's stuff. true. That is so true. And that one right there was the first time. <laughs> Usually it's me. Oh, wait, you know what I didn't do? Well, you Hold didn't on just a second. In. Yeah. Welcome to Get the Facts Jack. <laughs> I, missed the, I missed the lead in, didn't I? <laughs> Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, sharing factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I am your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and to my right, the guy that screwed up and got his fingers all jacked up, is Frank fat, Hefner. Fat fingers. Fat finger Frank. Yeah. <laughs> you are the three Fs, buddy. Gosh, mercy. See, I was going to say something smart aleck like, do you got any pumpkin spice latte yet, or have you started embracing that? We're in October. We're in October. Not Now, I do in the mornings make my wife a pumpkin spice coffee. It's not a latte. You are such a suck-up, but, uh, but I'll tell you, you know, we uh, I make her coffee, and it's got to be three creamers, three sweet and lows. Oh, my gosh. And a coffee. I hope and then my you wife put is not ice. listening to this. You, you put hey. I'm trying to teach you something. Put okay. ice in a minute in it. So with <gasps> when she comes and she takes her first drink, it's not burning her. But it has all the flavor of everything that you want, of what she likes in her coffee. Christina is such a pampered hey, person. I'm telling you, she has the best husband. That's what it boils you down are, to. You are a and good I, man. You know, we were talking the other day. You know, we, we've been going out on dates every Friday. Yeah, every Friday every night. Every Friday night. And yeah. we're trying different locations, different places. And we started talking about doing a blog on where we go, oh. what we like, what we didn't like about it. You know, just different things, whether if it's expensive or non-expensive yeah. or would I go back or not go back. And it was We've you been know, thinking about that. That would be a great podcast as well. You it could have, there is a tremendous number of people our age that are now experiencing a little bit of an empty nest syndrome. Mm -hmm. We love our grandkids. We also are trying to fall in love with our spouses again because. Mm -hmm. Kids gotten away. Yeah, you never had any private time again. And right. you sit around and sometimes you just need to detox and you got to go on dates again. You do. So we, we started picking out Fridays which would just happen to work out because Saturdays was always doing something else different, and it, you didn't know if you were going to yeah. get done. So, well, if you and it was our way of unwinding through the week. If you don't make it a priority, before you know it, you're sitting there on Sunday evening, and your mind's already preparing for Monday. Correct. Yeah. And so your weekend's totally gone. Correct. And sometimes we've spent it at football games where we go together and we watch a football game together, whether it be high school or, you know, one Saturday night, we went to a college of you know ball game and yeah, and it was exciting to watch that and, and uh, not necessarily her side of doing things, but it was she she came along. You're so romantic and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Ain't nothing like watching sweaty guys beat each other up. I mean, at, how at romantic can person, that get? Yeah. So <laughs> at least it's not on the couch all day long on a Saturday afternoon. Correct. Your wife's like, come on, let's go do something Correct. fun. So so what is the what is your number one recommendation for if you could steer somebody to a restaurant or an event that's coming up in the next couple of, you know, we're in October mm -hmm. before Christmas, what would be your go-to? 
probably just wherever you two would decide together that, you know, that, hey, we, you know, and you might have to give in a little bit to say, you know, okay, this time it's your time to pick, this time it's another time. Usually we just get in the vehicle and we start driving and then, okay, which direction are we going? And then on next thing you know, you're having to make a decision. Okay, where are we eating at? We, one day we started heading east and um, didn't like that. And next thing you know, she popped off, hey, I heard about this restaurant down at PK Lake. Ooh, and yeah. so we made a U-turn and started heading south and had a real nice time, just yeah. impromptu. Yeah. And it was really nice and had dinner on the lake and uh, sitting there on the back. And the lake is out, you know, the wind's just very breeze just a little bit. Yeah. Nice evening, and you're eating dinner right there on the lake. Hey, that's where the magic happens, and it right? just And then all of a sudden, there's this guy gets up and starts playing a guitar and, you know, just plays. And... You're, you're sitting there all evening, and you're just enjoying Rico the Rico Suave. That's yes, all I've got to say. You planned that whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Christina, so, you're such a lucky person. And then you, you find out that when you get out there, they've done a whole bunch of construction, and it's a whole different ball game out there at PK Lake because yeah. it, it, the growth is just unreal. That's crazy. Yeah. The magic happens. The magic happens. Speaking of magic, guess who our guest is oh, today? Oh, no. Miss Debbie Cook, you are such wow. a good sport. Thank you. Debbie, you were over here today. Uh, we had a busy day in juvenile court. One of the things a county judge does, many different hats, is I have the privilege of serving as the uh, juvenile judge. And so you serve Jack and Weiss County, and your specialty is juvenile probation. Yes. So how long have you been with juvenile probation? Um, 25 years. Wow. Yeah, an expert. <laughs> <That's a long-time. laughs> are you are you gonna stay another? How long? Um, I'll probably stay till I'm close to sixty five. I'll be here a while. Oh, let's. Oh, wow. do, yeah. I'm not gonna do the math on okay, that. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. ask. So I started to say how many years, but I won't. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. That only means she's only twenty five years it. old. Wow, so you've got a long time. Yeah, right? you're gonna be here a long time. I got asked the question: how How did you get involved in juvenile probation? How How did that even happen? Well, it was really kind of an accident or a a chance meeting, we'll say. I went to TWU as an adult. I was 30, and I wanted to be a PE teacher, and it wasn't working out. So I found another um, degree, which was family studies with a minor in child development, that I could switch to. And at the end of it, I had to do an internship. And I was trying to do one in Decatur because I've been driving from Decatur to, to Denton. And tried with CPS. It never called me back. I was at church. It had to be turned in on Monday. And I had no idea that my Sunday school teacher was Bill Austin, who was the juvenile chief of probation. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Yeah. That is and so cool. I just happened to say something to him. He's like, you can come do it with us. Oh, my gosh. So I literally had no idea what juvenile probation even was. And so it's kind of cool. I tell I tell kids all the time, you know, that are going to college, you have, you know, what you think you might want to do when you go in there might not be what you come out with because you, there's right. so many other things. But um, so I did an internship there. Um, I did, finished my internship in April. I graduated in April and he asked me to stay and I've been there ever since. So it was very chance. I loved it working with the kids. I loved it. 25 years later and here 25 she is years in later, Jack yeah. County. Yeah. Well, I got to, let's kind of fast forward uh, 25 years. And so one of the things I want to ask you about is, um, there seems to be a new 
uh, rage called TikTok. <laughs> yes. That is extremely, <laughs> um, you know what? I don't think there's probably anything that has turned our school districts upside down in the negative way in the last 30 days more than TikTok. I so agree. there's a there's a challenge that's going on, and it's a it's a fad amongst our juveniles, and they are tearing. They are being very destructive in our schools. Correct, and we're it's more than Jack County. We're having the same problem in Wise County, and I think that a lot of counties are having the same problem. So I understand. Now this is all just information that gets back to the judge. I hear that in the month of October, it was like tear up the soap dispensers and the hand towels in the bathrooms. That's what most of them have been doing. I've seen, I mean, I've I, we've had kids. I've had charges on kids that we're dealing with kids in Jack County and Wise County um, that are, are done it and have done it and, and are getting charged criminally. And one of the kids um, that very first got charged said, I had no idea that I could be charged criminally. It's just we were just doing a TikTok. And now he has a criminal charge and they're on probation. So... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, um, it's funny. You put it on TikTok. It's, it's funny and everything, but you're still tearing up property and it's, it's against the law. You know, I, I just don't understand that. How, I mean, first of all, whenever I was a kid, I barely even wanted to go to the bathrooms because they were smoking in bathrooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, back when we were in high school, or you might have some freaks or whatever that was doing something like passing pills, but who, who thinks about tearing the soap dispenser, especially in COVID? It's, I mean, wash your hands, people. It's all about being TikTok famous. It's okay. all about being TikTok famous. So it's social media and peer pressure. Yes. Is basically yes. what's driving and this How many rave. people will look at your TikTok? How many people will like your TikTok? How many people will comment on your TikTok? So it's all about having whatever that video is that's going to make you TikTok famous. Is it attention? Are, oh, are yeah, they, or is yeah. it just, is it an attention thing? Or are they just wanting, is it an outcry? What is I it? I don't think it's an outcry. I think it's more of an attention thing. I think that social media, you know, just even us as adults, I mean, I watch TikTok, you can get very addicted to it. And, you know, you want to be, you want to put a good video out there that's going to be funny, that's going to be trendy, that everybody's going to like, and then you can say, oh, look how many hits I, how many yeah. likes mm-hmm. I have on this. And you're, they call it TikTok famous. Yeah. It's your and, time to shine just yeah. for 30 seconds. And yes. it's crazy that in our society now, I mean, parents, the, our listeners need to be educated on this. Yes. So parents, take a look. I mean, I guess, is it cool to look at what your kids are doing on TikTok and uh, what is it called? Um what are some of the other things? I Snapchat. know Snapchat. Snapchat's, Snapchat's what a big it is. one. Snapchat's a big one. You know, Facebook is for old people like us, yes. but I guess it's Snapchat chat and TikTok right now. Yes, Instagram, Snapchat and TikTok. Okay, Instagram just recently is under fire because there has been a identity issue with our girls that they aren't meeting a certain standard of the images seen on Instagram. Oh, and yeah. so that's been the national news and there's 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 young people, not just girls, but but boys or young people, guys that are that are doing bad things to themselves because they don't have that image that's portrayed on social media. Yes, there there, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Instagram, and I, I could be confused on that. But there there has been trends going away around where 
they might pick a girl, middle school girl, whatever, classmate, and then they send like a poll around of boys actually rating them on a one to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's, that's going around. Um, but I think, I think a lot of it, the social media, like I said, like being TikTok famous, um, we're just so consumed with the social media and, you know, you think about TikTok and you think about, okay, I went in, I tore the bathroom up, I TikToked it, I put it on TikTok. You have 44 million likes, you're TikTok famous, but you might know five of those people. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, you, you, you're TikTok famous now. I've watched it in my own home. Um, I'm not a big gamer. Okay. I don't, I just, I guess I don't have time to do that. I wish I could, but I don't. <laughs> but I see that. I see our young people, maybe not our high school kids, but maybe a little bit older um, high school graduates, mm-hmm. college graduates, that they don't want to go out. They interact with their friends online, and they have the same type of personal intimate connections with those people that they're dealing with through gaming. Uh, they got headsets on just like we do, and they are having conversations and versing, versus going out or doing something they just assume game together. Yes, right. yeah, yeah. And and I see it because it's like, okay, back when I was a kid, I'd be like, I want to go to my buddy's house and we would play games side by side. Now you don't play in the same room; you play in different dens or bedrooms, and you can play against four or five different people. You can play against four or five different people from different countries, from different mm-hmm. states. Um, and, and, and as a parent, that's concerning because there have been um, there have been kids that have been manipulated. There's a huge story out of Dallas-Fort Worth where a lady actually talked a 14-year-old into getting on a plane going. I think she was from Wisconsin. That's probably the wrong state. She was from a different state. I have a big clipping about it. Um, and so mom calls him in as a runaway. They tracked down through. He was doing Wi-Fi gaming with this lady. And they, she flew him back to Dallas Love Field, and they picked her up and arrested her there for kidnapping and um, sexual assault because she had relations with relations with him. Um, that's what she flew him up there for. So you know, a lot of problem with that is you don't know who your kids are talking to or playing with, and there's a lot of predators that are are looking around. It's not just girls. This was a boy. Yeah. This so the predators do use this as an mm-hmm. opportunity to enter into your home because the parents are doing something else or they think their child is in their room doing something harmless, something as simple as playing a video game. Yeah, right. with their friends. And and kids nowadays, friends. friends don't mean, hey, he's my friend from school. It, they may be friends and never met face-to-face, right. but it's his best friend or her best friend because they've been playing games together or they've been talking on Instagram or Snapchat and they, they've never met face-to-face. Right. But they still consider it their friends. Have you noticed how many young people can't have a face-to-face conversation anymore? Yes. Now, they're great through texting or through a social media, but whenever they get face-to-face, they don't even, they don't know how to interact. Yes. No, that's that's true. They, They can't communicate verbally. Or when they're interacting, they're looking at their phone, and then you lose them on their phone. Right. You know, it's like you got to take their phone away from them and put it up because they can't have it in their hand. Because when their text goes off, they stop their face-to-face conversation and they're they're they on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that conversation is more important. Yes, it has your their full attention. Yes, 
So, in your opinion, professional opinion, do you think the majority of this is because of lack of parental involvement, or what what has gotten us to this place? I I think a lot of it's just social media and the pressure of social media, and you know, yes, there's always been lack of parenting, and in the whole 25 years that I've been here, you can definitely see in some kids there's no supervision, there's no parenting, but. What I see now is I see a lot of, again, we'll go back to the TikTok trends. I see a lot of social media actually shaping our kids. You know, to have good kids go want to do a social media trend, you know, whether, whatever the social, I mean, there's been a ton of TikTok trends. This has just been an attention getter because it's it's criminal Mm -hmm. and kids don't think it's criminal, but I mean, a lot of that is shaping what our kids are doing and what they're thinking and how they're thinking about stuff, just like pictures of, of women and not being able to, you know, the Instagram stuff. And so I think a lot of parents have grown up with, like my daughter is 35. And so it was the beginning of her high school when cell phones started coming out. And so she's kind of grown up in that era. And you see all these kids that are three and four and five that have their phones, they have Mm -hmm. their iPads. And so it's really easy as a parent to say, okay, they're content. Now I can get on my social media or maybe they're content and I can go cook dinner. Mm -hmm. And then we're raising a whole generation of kids that have, can't entertain themselves. Yeah. They They don't know how to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, punishment is taking that away from them. Yes. I mean, Truly, that's right. that's truly it. You, you can't send them to your room because that. Whenever I was a kid, you would get sent to your room. Now they want to be in the room because they can close the door and yeah. play games or have they can interact with their friends. Yeah. So um, I've noticed that juvenile issues kind of come in waves. <laughs> you yeah. know, we we laughed. I've I've been a judge for three years now, fixing to go on my first fourth year. One of the first things I experienced was you in a juvenile setting. Yes. With a young lady. And I'm going to tell you, blew me away. I had no idea that these things happen, but this is part of your day-to-day life. So we went six, eight months, and most everything was in Wise County. And you really didn't have any juvenile activity here. And then we go through COVID. And I think COVID had a very detrimental impact upon our juvenile because of time and time required to be spent in their home. But now it seems like through social media and TikTok that we're kind of having a rush of it. So why does juvenile delinquency or need of supervision, these type of keywords that we use in our court, why, why does juvenile kind of ebb and flow? Why is there such a deviation in it? I think that's a good question because it's not like seasonal. I can't say, oh, before Christmas every year our cases go down or during the summer our cases go up because it's sporadic. Some summers the cases go up, some falls the cases go up. Um, So we've tried to see if we can find a trend to it, and there's not really a trend on time. Um, I think with COVID, um, kids – had nothing to do and so we had a lot of kids sneaking out we had a lot of kids that were running the streets even though they're you know they weren't supposed to be and then we also had a lot of assault family violence because there were families 
kept in the house together for a long time and not every family, um, you know, there's a lot of dis, there's a lot of dysfunctional families. Uh, I mean, but when you have drugs and alcohol or you have, um, families that don't have good control of their kids behaviorally, and now they're all stuck in a house together. And then, um, there, there was a lot of fights. We probably during COVID during like the shutdown parts, had more assault family violence than we've seen in a really, really long time. Mm, Kids are hitting their moms or their dads or or siblings getting in more fighting than just what you would consider, you know, hurting each other. Um, But just a lot of, a lot of kid on parent. Um, And, and I don't do the CPS side. There was probably a lot of parent on kids, but I don't, I don't see that part, but we definitely got a lot of, a lot of assault family violence. So do you think that there's some changes that needs to be addressed in our in our juvenile system that really needs some attention? Is there is there just something that maybe um that we need to fix? Is there is there something we've got a lot of different areas in in court that have some problems. We know mental health is an issue. Mental health is a big issue. That, that's another growing problem with adult probably too, but definitely with juveniles is that, you know, we're criminal. So we don't have a lot of mental health facilities where, you know, mental health, they might have like Red River, you know, all these mental health facilities that are dealing with kids with mental health. But when they make criminal offenses, especially violent criminal offenses, um, then they have to come to the criminal system and, especially Wise and Jack counties. We're small counties. Wise is not as small as Jack, but we're, we're small. We don't have a lot of resources for mental health. And so when we get to a point where we're going to have to take, because of their behavior or their gr- aggressive, you know, criminal acts, um, we may have to take a kid out of their home and place them in one of our juvenile facilities. And we have a hard time with the kids that have severe mental health finding a placement that can also address that. And that's something that we, you know, talked with legislation about and and let, you know, our, which is TJJD, our head people know that we need more resources for mental health. We need more placements that are secure facilities for the criminal, but that also meet more needs of the mental health. We do have some. It's just that when you get into some of the more multiple mental health problems, more severe mental health problems, Unfortunately, we end up sending those kids. We might try to place them. It doesn't work out, and we have to send them to the state, which is like TJJD. Mm-hmm. So that that would be something that I would say definitely. And I think everybody has that problem, but the bigger counties just have more resources to deal with it than what we do. You know, one of the things that really frustrated me last year, especially during COVID, is we had a couple of juvenile situations that really needed the child, the juvenile needed to play, be placed in detention. But then we had facilities, and, and we don't have them locally. Right. So we have to utilize Wichita Falls or Denton or... Grayson County. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we don't have just a huge amount of options here. Well, then, now you're talking about exposing the people in that facility, and there's quarantining for 14 days. And so the system wasn't set up for a 14-day quarantine or a isolational period for juveniles that needed to be detained. And so I saw that we had a problem that 
we had a kid that needed some direction, but we didn't, we couldn't place them anywhere. Yes. So what happened during COVID with detention is they, they, they had to do quarantine. So they had to have extra staff. Staff was having COVID. So then they didn't have staff. And so, um, we had a hard time getting kids that needed to be put in detention. Let's say, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm making up scenarios, but let's say um, there was, you know, a person that went in and robbed Ossops with a gun, which we've, we've had that happen in Wise County before. That's a really serious offense. That kid needs to be placed in detention. And we had called um, Wichita Falls, Grayson County, um, Denton County, and Granbury, and they were all full because they didn't have the staff to meet the ratio we had to actually let that kid go home because we had no place to put him. Whereas jail, I think, is different for adults. I think, I guess they just make room. Um, for detention, you know, it, it's a little bit different for juveniles. And that's the first time in my 25 years that we had that type of problem. And at, at one point, it was just very hard to get a kid in detention because there just was no beds. Yeah, there, there's no placement for them yeah. whatsoever. And even if... And that even goes to the the uh, Texas Juvenile System, TJJD. Um, only the heinous and the worst of the worst really were even be accepted there. So you even had, you kind of have this intermediary area that goes to a temporary detention, or you can go to the state, and that's a bigger detention, but they just weren't receiving anybody at all Yes, and or that, limiting it. Yes, that was part of the backup in detention, so... If you have a kid, you know, that shot and killed somebody, um, you put them in detention. And the the worst thing for juveniles is to be sent to TJJD, which is like adult prison. Mm -hmm. So we have placements that we use where we might take a kid out and put them in a boot camp or put them in a, in a, in a, a placement that has vocations for them, put them in different placements. But that's still, they're still on probation. They're out of their home. But TJJD is actually like prison. So once we commit a kid to TJJD, they can keep them till they're 19, and they come out on parole. They don't come out on probation. We never see them again. So what was happening was they were having so much COVID there, they stopped taking kids. So this kid that maybe killed somebody um, is having to sit in detention instead of, you know, you go to court, you're, you're, the judge orders you there, and you go the next day. They were sitting there for three, four, five weeks in detention, which was backing up detention, another reason why we couldn't get kids in detention because TJJD had shut down because of COVID. Or they were taking one or two kids, and we're talking out of the whole state of Texas, you know, per week, out of the whole state of Texas. So your kid was just in a line to go. It's kind of like a mental health problem. Yeah. We just don't have bed space. Yeah. You just don't have facility space for the juveniles. I want to tell you what, one of the first things that kind of established our relationship was I asked you three years ago, okay, Ms. Cook, why are we sending Texas kids to Arizona? Yes. And I, I just had a hard time financially supporting taking Jack County, Texas taxpayers' money or Wise County's money and supporting kids in a facility in Arizona. And so I would explain this to my commissioners because that the funding comes from taxpayers' money. I mean, right. that's what we do. And 
what was your response? So when we when we place a kid, it's not like adult where you're just looking for punishment. You know, you're just not going to lock them. You're going to go do your time. We try to find facilities that will meet that kid's needs so that when they come out, they've got some new tools to be successful. So the Arizona placement, it's called Canyon State Academy, and it's in Queens Creek, Arizona. Um, it has vocations. It has um, therapists, not just counselors. It has therapists on staff. It has their own um, doctors, nurses, um, and the kids um, can play sports where they actually play other schools. So, you know, and it sounds like, well, why would you send a, a bad kid to someplace like that? But when you have a kid that has never played sports because they're in so much trouble at school, maybe they're on drugs, maybe they um, they just can't stay out of trouble at school, so they maybe they've never even played peewee sports, and they go to a placement like this that's very structured. Um, there's a lot of rules, um, but they get to play sports, and they get to see what it's like to be part of a team. And, you know, we go up there, and we, we watch them play the sport, um, and you see a whole new kid. Now, when I say we go up there – when we place a kid in Arizona, they pay for our travel. They pay for our flight there. They pay for the kids' flight. They pay for our hotel. The facility itself does. So taxpayer, pa- taxpayers don't pay for our travel, but they do pay for the daily rate, which is the same daily rate as if we placed a kid in South Texas. Correct. Um, except for we pay for our own travel to get to the, the Texas facilities. But um, it just offers more than anything we have here. And for an older kid, um, they can even get to independent living where they learn how to do their laundry. If, if they're doing well enough, they may get to go to town and get a job. I had a kid that was there that actually had $4,000 when he left there um, because he worked two jobs because once he started working, he loved it. Um, and so we've, we've had a lot of Jack County kids go and a lot of Wise County kids go. Um, they don't accept every kid. So, um, when I find a kid that's appropriate for it, that's going to get what they need out of it. That's usually my first go-to place. Well, I had the opportunity to go. Yeah. So she invited me to go and I got to be their guest and experience it firsthand. Not only did I see all the things that you described, um, training to be a, um, pool technician. I mean, what a cool way to start a new business for a young person is to learn how to service pools, clean pools, apply the chemicals, and receive a certification to do that. Of course, there was an agricultural area. They could work with animals, horses, livestock. They could learn to weld. They could do auto mechanics. There were a Don't lot forget of, about the barber shop. They could get their barber yeah, license. Barber license. You know yes. what? I, I tried to get my hair cut there. Yes, you did. And I went in, and I was I was trying. When you showed me, it was it was an instructional facility, very nice first class, and yeah, I mean it was as it it was like any high high end barbershop that we would want to go to. Now we also had the opportunity to eat a sandwich there. Yes. And these kids can learn food handling skills. Now they have to earn that privilege. Yes. And they prepared. They they took our order. They prepare. I mean, they served us. They're they're getting prepared for a job and a career. Yes. And when well, you go, which you got to do also, which I get to do all the time, is when you see a kid in such a bad state that we have to 
lock them up in detention and take them out of their home, and then you see them midway through this program, you're looking at a totally different kid. Not even the same. Yeah. Right. Well, when you can, when you see a child that's uh, or we call it, you know a kid that's in trouble. It's because they lose their purpose of what life is. They think life, their purpose is to do this, but you're having to repurpose what yeah. their direction is. Yeah. And um, sending them to Arizona might be able to do that. Yes. You know, give them that repurpose of what their job skill or what their life can benefit to society with. Some of these kids have never been on an airplane. Some have never been out of the state of Texas. Some have never had the opportunity to eat like Chick-fil-A. Right. I mean – those are the very simple things that we take for granted Yes, that we assume all juveniles and all children get to experience. It's not. No. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and the cool thing was is we had the opportunity to experience a graduation. Yes, they have to validate the program. And so um, if they work all the way through the program and they validate, then there's a big ceremony um, for that. And if, if a kid goes up there and they're not going to do what they're supposed to do, we, we bring them right back. We put them back in detention. Like I said, th- it's not every kid that gets to experience this. But if I see a kid that I even feel like has half a chance of being able to do this and getting all the things they need out of it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them there because of what the outcome is. Every, you know, every now and then some kids don't make it. We have to go back and get them. Again, the facility pays for that kid to be sent back down here. We don't ever pay a dime for travel for us or the kids. And then we put them back in detention, and we do something a little bit stronger, which, you know, our, our, our I guess, philosophy is it's always better to start at the bottom and go to the top mm-hmm. if, if a kid has that possibility. Because even sometimes the baddest offense, that doesn't mean that that kid is not worth giving a chance because you might go, oh, my God, they have these five offenses. They've done this, 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 and this, and they're horrible, and they won't go to school, and, you know, we can't do anything with them. And then you put them in a place limit like that, and they kind of see that, hey, they have other potential. They have other things. They find interest that they never had. I have a kid there right now that's from Wise County that's never done a sport, and he's doing cross country, and he was like, running makes me feel good. That's right. And he – loves it and he was the best one on the team and he's never in his whole 16 years experienced that feeling right that's amazing it's, yes. it's such a cool experience to see these kids graduate and that sense of accomplishment that they've probably never experienced before. yes right frank i love the word um you know kind of a repurpose or redirection that you used because in adults we think about rehabilitation that's not the case with juveniles. We just need to redirect them into another lifestyle because they're going down the wrong path. Well, yes. you know, a lot of times our society sets back and it tries to direct a kid to go one direction, you know, because that's the way everybody has to go. Sometimes that kid's purpose is not necessarily to go chasing this career path or doing this. They need – they're look. Their their goal is to go a, not another way, but it's 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 another purpose. Yeah, and you've got to allow them to have that capability, and um, you might and not. There's underst- nothing wrong with that. No, it's but it's just the way their mindset is. Yeah. Running, for instance, that child found a, an outlet through yes. running. Yeah, and that's that might be their style of purpose. That's their way of 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 you know. 
finding their outlet or finding their way of life as well as doing this. But running is the, is the thing that, that gratifies them. And um, you just have to find that in yeah, a and, child. And if you've been a kid that's always been in trouble or always run the streets or always used drugs or, you know, never experienced some of the things that we've talked about, you don't know what other purposes are. Right now your purpose is to get high because that's what makes you feel good. That's what makes you right. forget about things. Or to steal out of cars because that's what your friends are doing and that's the cool thing to do and that's what everybody's doing. So um, so I like that to show them different purposes. So, right. You know, take that, take their, who they are and change just the role of how you're, you're using that. It's yeah. not that it's bad. It's the fact that it, you're being led the wrong direction with it. Correct. Yeah. And they don't know Redesign anything different. It, repurpose it, you know. Yeah. So. Well, tonight is the uh, national night out. Yes. And so, Debbie, I know that uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut it short. And I want to thank you for coming over. And I really want you to know that I always say this from from the bench is is that uh, as a judge, as a magistrate over the juvenile system or juvenile court in Jack County, I look to you for direction and advice and guidance. And I said this today very clearly that whenever your staff or you or your department make a recommendation to the magistrate, to the judge, about how to direct this young person, it speaks volumes to me um, because I that's how I make my decision. And so thank you for what you do. Sure. Thank you for your recommendation. I have never met somebody that has more passion um, and, and it's always in the best interest of the juvenile. And yes. I told the individual today, Ms. Cook can be the hardest person, much harder than what your mother or father would be, or she can be the greatest encourager. The choice is yours. And I truly mean that. So Thank you very much. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for your passion. i got to ask you something. What is this on your arm? <laughs> you know I'm going to ask this. Did you just have? I thought uh, I was going to get out of that. No, I'm not going to. So it's I'm going to put you on the spot. Give us, give us a story on your tattoo. So I am older, we'll just say, and so I have a tattoo on my forearm that is a mother-daughter tattoo. And so my daughter, who is 35, has been trying to get me to get one for a long time. And so she got a moon, and I got a sun. Hers says she gave me life, and mine says she gave me strength. My flowers around my sun are the color of her moon. Her flowers around her moon are the color of my sun. So it, I have a little forearm. It turned out a little bigger than what I thought it would be, but there it is. <laughs> There's nothing more special than a mother's love for a child. That's right. That is true. And I think that's exactly what that demonstrates. Yes. But also you're very passionate about what you do and making a difference in juveniles' lives. Thank you. And we thank you for that. Yeah. Frank Hefner. You do a wonderful job. Yeah, Thanks. It really does. Doesn't it's, get near the credit that she deserves. No, not at all. And I'm going to say the whole staff does too. We are very yes, blessed by do. having yes. a strong uh, juvenile probation system between Jack and uh, Wise County. And and we've all been there a really long time um, because we are passionate about kids. Um, you know, we've got um, our chief has been there 24 Cash, the, the male officer, has been there about 15 or 16. I've been there 25, and we stay for a reason because mm -hmm. we we like what we do. Yeah, but here's the problem. What's going to happen whenever all that experience, all that wisdom 
decides it's time to retire. Do we have a generation that has the same passion that you do and wants to make a difference in our lives of our juveniles? I think we do. I mean, because I've been doing it so long. I know probation officers all over the state of Texas, and um, I think we do. You know, what our goal is going to be is when it gets closer, we're, you know, we're going to either have to wait for one of us to retire or develop another spot that we can, you know, train somebody in the way that we do things so that, that there'll be somebody else to, to pick it up. But there are a lot of passionate juvenile probation officers out there. I know a lot of them. A Young County next door, I know those guys are really good. They're very passionate about juveniles and they're very good at what they do and I've met a lot of them across the state of Texas. I'm also going to say if a mom or dad are having an issue with their child or juvenile and they have any questions feel free to reach out to us. Absolutely yes you can you, you can get a hold of our office and we we do talk to kids before they get in trouble yeah. um, so yes that's definitely that def- definitely something you can do. That's good. Debbie Cook, thanks so very much. Make sure that you share with a friend. Make sure you like, download these episodes. What is this, like number 26 episode something or something? Like yes, I mean, come on, we got a good thing going. Share with a friend. Like it. Join us on iPods, Google, all these other crazy iPod serials. And Debbie Cook, you didn't even know what we were. Get, I didn't know. Get <laughs> didn't the know. facts, Jack. <laughs> I love you listen. guys. <laughs>